Hey there, I'm Rianne Mullins, and I'm the host of the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. 15 years ago, I lost 65 pounds by revamping my lifestyle in a very realistic and totally manageable way. Now I teach other women how to ditch the yo-yo dieting cycle and start living a balanced, fit, and happy life through real food, effective exercise, and a powerful mindset. Each week, I'll be popping into your ears to teach you how you too can live a balanced and fit life free from unrealistic diets and crazy expectations. Let's go. Hey, everyone, and thanks for being here and listening to the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. Remember to go ahead and subscribe so that you never miss an episode and be sure to share it with your friends so that I can keep doing this. I love to share good information. So my last episode was all about my experience at the 29029 Everesting event that took place in Utah. If you haven't listened to that, I'd love for you to hear about my amazing experience, and maybe you'll be inspired to take the challenge yourself. This week, I'd like to cover some of the fitness and nutrition techniques that I used for my training for this event, and just some key thoughts that I had about the training and Honestly, I think that they will all apply to you, like why these tips and techniques and random thoughts that I had will be helpful to you, even if you aren't training for an endurance event. So before I jump into the techniques and thoughts that I had, let me tell you about the training plan that came with the ticket into the 29029 event. It was a 20 week plan that got a little bit more intense along the way because that's how training plans work. We got a new installment of the plan every two weeks on a Friday. And they did this so that nobody would jump ahead and try to, you know, overwork or see what's coming. Because, you know, people do that, right? I mean, do you do that? It's like, if you give out an entire plan right up front, everybody wants to know, you know, what's happening at the end or what's to come. So I loved that the coaches at the 29029 didn't let this happen. Because even though I know better as a coach to not look ahead and not get overwhelmed, I totally would have, you know, I totally wanted to see what was coming. Anyway, I couldn't wait for that email on the Friday every other week with the next 14 days of action. I loved it. And I immediately would pull out my planner and like literally schedule in when I was going to do what. So I recommend that to all of my clients and to potential clients that when you have a plan written down in pen on your calendar, you're more likely to get it done. Just a little tidbit there for you. Anyway, I was anxiously awaiting the first installment of the plan. And when I got it, I was so disappointed. I really was. And I love the coaches. It's not anything personal. I was disappointed because I was already doing more than what the plan had called for. So I really had to take some time to rework my own routine to fit the new plan. I'd promised myself that I would follow the plan as closely as possible. I was totally committed to letting someone else train me instead of me doing all the planning and training like I normally do. That was one of the reasons I did the event in the first place. And this is not like a super cheap event, right? I spent a lot of money to attend it, but I also spent that money to listen to the expert advice of the coaches with the program and the event. So I'm not an expert at endurance events. And I don't know how to train for endurance events. So I needed help with this and I was super excited about it. Anyway, there was quite a bit of running on the training plan. And since I already teach four cycle classes a week, I had to figure those 
classes into my training. I didn't want to stop teaching because I love my people. So I used those classes as part of my training. Okay. Instead of doing all of the running, I used cycling and some running to get me there. And I just want to say it was actually really fun using my cycle classes as part of the plan. Like on Tuesdays was kind of like a hill day. So <laughs> unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, my second class also had hills on Tuesdays. It was really fun. Okay. So the plan also called for a lot of hip mobility and strengthening to work on hip and glute and hamstring strength, since those are the climbing muscles that you use. And then toward the last four to six weeks or so, and I don't remember exactly how many weeks, but the weekend sessions were getting really long. We had a few weeks where we did four hours or six hours and even eight. And some people did 12 hours of cardio. So I got to say, it was totally awesome. And I say it was awesome because I did it. I felt so strong and so pumped up. And I got to tell you, I loved like going and just challenging myself. I loved one weekend I went to the mountain nearby and I was there almost eight hours and it was amazing. Like I, it was so cool because I had to like plan food and I had to plan my fuel and I had to plan my rest and I had to like change clothes. Like it was so fun to me. So that is just a glimpse into what the training looked like. With all of that said, let's get into some of the techniques that I used to get through the training, finish the event, and not be sore or miserable afterwards. And remember that what I'm going to tell you today can absolutely work in your normal day-to-day life. You don't have to be training for an ultra marathon to get some good information today. All right? So, and keep in mind, some of these are tips. Some of these are just thoughts that I have, and some of them are techniques that I use. So just go with it. All right, here we go. The first thing is I had to eat enough and eat often. As you know, we are in a world of chronic dieting. Everywhere you look, there's a new diet or an old diet or some kind of diet. Women and men are constantly trying to eat less and exercise more. This may sound right, but when you eat too little and you exercise too much, it can create a major hormone problem and actually cause you to lose muscle mass and increase your stress hormones. Not a good combination. When I started training even more than I already was, I was starting to feel hungry often. I teach my clients about a rating, okay? I have them rate their heck. Their heck is their hunger, their energy, and their cravings. This skill became my own gauge to whether or not I was eating enough during my training. See, you guys, I do practice what I preach. I promise I use this stuff all the time, the stuff I teach. I noticed because I was being ultra aware and paying attention to my body and my hunger cues that my hunger was starting to be really high. I was hungry often, like actual hunger, not head hunger. You know, like the growling in your stomach and that feeling that your stomach's going to eat itself. Yeah, that hunger. So I knew that I needed more food. The other thing that started to happen as my training increased was that I was having major sugar cravings at night. Like I started to crave peanut M&Ms daily or peanut butter cookies or eh, really anything that was sweet and carby. This was another signal that I wasn't getting enough food or energy during the day. My cravings ratings were way too high. 
And another thing I noticed as my training increased was that I was feeling really tired by the end of the workout, or I was starting to have a hard time waking up in the morning. So my energy rating was low. I had a lot less energy in a time that I needed more, right? Therefore, using all of these signals, my increased hunger, my increased cravings, and lower energy, I knew I needed to eat more food. I knew I needed more fuel. I knew I needed more calories. So I ate more. I made sure that I was eating a full breakfast, you know, not just a small little smoothie or a quick bite. No, because I never have time to eat a mid-morning snack. It's just the way my schedule is. I don't have time for a snack. So the bigger breakfast was critical. Then I would eat a large lunch. I mean, it could be like a giant salad with extra protein and some type of carb, like maybe some rice or beans, um, whatever, and some fat like avocado or just a really good homemade salad dressing. I aimed to get full at each meal. Then I would eat, and I, and I still do, by the way, this is still kind of my plan. Then I would eat a mid-afternoon meal. So this could be a protein shake, a protein waffle with peanut butter. Maybe it was fruit and nuts, or sometimes I rolled up turkey and cucumbers and hummus. And of course, I would eat a filling dinner as well. And my dinner, and like all meals, always started with a protein of some sort. And then I just filled in the rest of the plate, okay, with vegetables and a starchy carb. And just, you know, so you know, probably my favorite meal is some sort of bowl, you know, like a bowl of chicken and rice bowl, a taco bowl, barbecue chicken with sweet potatoes and coleslaw bowls. Those are really good. Um, even burgers with fries. Yes, you can make that healthier. Um, you know, and then we have the standby tacos, um, beef and veggie enchiladas, things like that, actual food that was filling and super satisfying. When I started to do this, actually, you know, feed my body, all of my head ratings improved. My hunger was more stable. I craved less sugar and my workouts seemed more energetic and I felt more satisfied overall. So how can this apply to you, even if you aren't training for a 29 mile uphill event? Well, if you too feel hungry often, have no energy or have cravings often, it's time to figure out if you're in fact eating enough and often enough. Don't be scared to eat. Okay. We need fuel. You know, we are grownups. We have shit to do. Like we need energy. Okay. We need fuel to think. We need fuel to work, to exercise, to clean the house, bust at your kids and really anything else you do, like just to get your body to move, you need energy. Okay. So don't be scared to eat, eat some food. All right. The second thing, thought, technique, whatever, I increased and enjoyed carbs. Oh, I know. I know some of you are like shaking your head at me right now. <laughs> carbs are not the devil. I have said this before and I stand by it hundred percent. Carbs are not evil. Sugary, processed, crappy carbs are the ones to watch out for. And you can even have those occasionally, you know, like those peanut M&Ms I was telling you about. Mm -hmm. I still enjoy those often. When you skip carbs, you will have less energy. And when you have less energy, you will seek out sugar or other quick carbs that will give you instant energy. This can start a whole cycle of eating too little, 
eating the wrong thing, feeling guilty about eating the wrong thing, and then going back to not eating enough. It will just keep going around and around until you decide to stop it. And before all you low-carb keto people get mad at me and say that it's not true, let's just take a second to review what carbs actually are. Okay, carbs can be broken into two types. At least just to simplify it, let's, let's talk about the two main types, fiber carbs and starchy carbs. Fiber carbs are those that are in vegetables and fruits. Yes, even though vegetables are lower in carbs, they still have carbs and they are useful, beautiful carbs. I'm not going to argue about that. Then there are starchy carbs. These are the more dense carbs that are in potatoes, pasta, bread, oats, rice, quinoa, and beans. And I'm not going to sit here and list every carbohydrate food that there is. I just wanted to give some examples. So remember, fiber carbs come from like plants okay, and things that come from the earth. And starchy carbs are the things you think of mostly when you think carbs, okay? And of course, you can break down these even further into sugary, you know, useful carbs and non-useful carbs, but that's all we're going to say about it. The amazing thing about carbs is that they, in fact, help you build and maintain muscle and they provide energy. When you're moving your body a lot, you need energy. And one great way to get energy is to eat carbs, okay? And who doesn't want to eat carbs? I mean, seriously. Before I started training more, I was eating a moderate amount of carbs, not too many, but not too little. I was feeling good with my head. Remember hunger, energy, and cravings were in check and I was fine. But as I increased my activity to way more cardio than I was doing before, my heck got out of check. Like I explained earlier. Okay. One of the major things I noticed was that I had not initially increased my carb intake. I did increase my protein and even my fat intake the healthy fats, but that didn't help until I increased my carb intake. And I have to tell you, I was in heaven. <laughs> Actually, I still am because I've kept my carb intake up and I am so happy and my body feels better overall. Okay. You have to listen to your body. I know that carbs are a very confusing subject for a lot of people. Okay. Should you eat them or should you not? Today, we're not really going to discuss them any more than I already have, but please know that they can be very useful when you choose the better ones. Okay. So remember lots of fiber carbs and some starchy carbs. Now I do believe in balancing your carbs and protein. Do I think it's a great idea to feast on bread and pasta every day? Nope. That's totally not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that if you like to exercise daily, um, or if you feel low energy, then it might just be time to add back some carbs to your life, okay? And if you're totally confused about this or scared to even try, or you're just having doubts, then it may be a great time to consider some nutrition coaching with me. I can help you learn how to balance your nutrients and get your head in check, all right? Now, number three, it's my number third thought, technique, tip, whatever. Let's switch over to some exercise, okay? One thing that I did and have done for many, many years, but I found to be even more useful during this training was I used intervals. Okay. I used intervals in my training and on the actual mountain. Intervals work for power and endurance. Okay. Earlier, when I was telling you about the training plan, I mentioned that there was a lot of running on the plan and I also used cycling. I hadn't been running that much in the recent years. So I decided I would in fact start running again with the plan. 
okay, in addition to my cycle classes. And here's the thing. You put a plan in front of me, I'm going to do it, okay? So I knew that I just was going to start running again. Now, I knew that it wasn't likely for me to just knock out 60 minutes of straight running. Sure, I'm in pretty good cardiovascular shape, but I knew that I would need to ease back into the running. I hadn't been doing it. And you also, when you haven't been doing something, you got to ease back in, right? The thing I love about intervals is that it feels so doable. Just a quick reminder of what an interval is. It's alternating a work period and a rest period. The thought of walking out the door to go for a 60-minute run versus walking out the door to go for a 60-minute run and walk is way different mentally. Knowing you're able to walk when you need to versus forcing yourself to stay miserable and run even if you hate it is way more approachable. And the cool thing about intervals is that you may be able to do longer sessions because you're using the rest periods. So the running is the work and the walking is the rest. When you rest, your body is able to recuperate and gather more energy to keep moving forward. So for the event, I wasn't training myself to run up the mountain. I simply wanted to get fit enough to hike up the mountain 13 times without keeling over (laughs) and hopefully do it not feeling too poorly, right? In life, though, we may want to get fit to keep our muscles and bones strong, our heart functioning, stay off medications. Uh, prevent disease and to keep your body lean. There is no reason whatsoever, I'm going to repeat this, there's no reason whatsoever to force yourself to feel miserable during exercise. Okay? Use intervals to work hard until you can't and then rest until you can work hard again. Okay? You will still benefit from the movement and work and you'll feel better doing it. Okay. I even used intervals to get up the mountain. I walked several steps, stopped, took some deep breaths and continued. Intervals are amazing and can work with all exercise modalities. You don't have to suffer. You can adjust and trying intervals is a great way to keep moving or to get moving. Okay. All right. My fourth thought is. And this may surprise some of you, but more cardio does not equal weight loss necessarily. Okay. When I was training for the climb, I was doing four spin classes. I know I've already said this several times, but I was teaching four spin classes um, a week, plus running and hiking three to four times a week on top of that. Some days I would teach a cycle class and then go for a four to five mile run later that day. Lots of cardio. And when I told people this, they would say, oh, you're going to lose so much weight. Well, not so fast. I didn't lose weight at all. Not an ounce. And here's the thing with doing too much cardio. It can put a lot of stress on your body, which therefore increases your stress hormones. When we have too much um, stress hormone flowing, we typically typically get more inflammation too. This makes it hard for your body to shed weight. And I know that that sounds totally counterintuitive. Okay. But anyway, also remember, I just got done telling you that I was eating more. Okay. I wasn't trying to lose weight. I was trying to get fit, build my endurance and get stronger in my lower body and in my cardiovascular system. Okay. I'm not saying that you won't lose weight by increasing your cardio. I'm just saying that just because you do a lot of cardio does not necessarily mean you will lose a bunch of weight. 
Okay, that's really important to know. Okay, was there a little part of me that kind of hoped I would look different at the end of the training? Well, okay, yeah, I'm a woman. So of course I did, but I didn't take this challenge to change the way I looked or how much I weighed. I took the challenge to do something hard and to feel good about my accomplishment. It was awesome to focus on pushing my body, fueling my body, and not thinking about what my thighs look like or how much my belly jiggles. It was so refreshing and awesome. So no, I didn't lose weight and I don't look completely different, but I know that I am stronger in my endurance and my cardiovascular system is totally rocking. So what does this actually mean for you? Do you ever think to yourself, oh, if only I could be a runner or if only I did more cardio classes, I could lose more weight. Do you ever think that? And and the reason I ask you that is because I hear this often or I see people mistakenly start running programs hoping that it will be the magical elixir to finally losing weight. And I hate to tell you this, but it may not be the magic you're looking for, okay? Until you change your stress levels and your nutrition, doing more and more and more cardio will not help, especially if you're over 40. Do not shoot the messenger, okay? All right, so my fifth thought, tip, thing, whatever, is less strength training does equal muscle loss. Yeah. So yes, running, hiking, and cycling are weight-bearing. Okay, that means that you use your muscles and your bones to um, do those activities. Okay, they're weight-bearing and can maintain and even build a little muscle in your lower body, okay, your legs and your glutes. But that didn't do much for my upper body, okay? I can visibly see the difference in my arms, back, and even, and even surprisingly in my booty, okay, that I've definitely lost a little bit of muscle. So like I said earlier, I didn't have enough time in a day to get in hours and hours of cardio and a bunch of weights. So I chose to step back from a lot of my upper body workouts and stick to my training. I must say, I'm a little sorry that I did, (laughs) okay? I mean, lesson learned, right? I did lift upper body one time a week, but that was just not enough. So yes, you must use resistance to build or to maintain your muscle tone. And that's important because remember, the more muscle you have on your body, the more calories or energy you burn at rest. And that's a good thing. Okay. I just want to mention that sometimes we have to pick and choose. Yes, I knew weight training was important to me. Yes, I knew that if I reduced the amount of weight training I had been doing, I was probably going to see a difference in a negative way. But I also had committed to doing something different. This was an endurance event, not a bodybuilding, upper body strength event. Okay. And like everyone else in the world, I had other things to do besides exercise, you know, cook dinner, work, take care of clients, take care of the kids and pets and just other things that life makes you do. So how does this apply to you? Well, two ways. One, unless you are specifically training for something that doesn't involve weight training, I highly recommend that you incorporate weights into your weekly routine. It is very important. And two, don't beat yourself up if you're in a season of life where you have to do things differently. It's okay. All right. Now, my final thought of the day is do what you love and do it more often. Okay. So several years ago, I learned a lot about the metabolism. I studied, took several courses, 
got more certifications, read the books, and dove headfirst into metabolism and balancing hormones for fat loss. All good and I love it. And I've helped a lot of women, but I kind of got obsessed with it and that skewed my vision a bit. Okay. I just truth, truth bomb here. Um, I stopped running, even though I loved running. Okay. I stopped doing longer cardio sessions, like long spin classes and just my own personal long cardio sessions, even though I loved it. And I opted for shorter workouts with weights and cardio intervals. Okay. And I did this because science shows that you burn more fat that way. Okay. And my whole goal in helping people is to help them burn fat, lose fat, get leaner. Okay. And if you work out with me, you know that I love this type of training and it works great. Okay. I changed my body doing these kind of workouts, the short, intense workouts with the weights and the high intensity interval cardio. It works, right? But I was really missing my long runs and my long rides. I had opted out of those because of science. However, after training for 20 weeks for the 29029 experience, increasing my cardio sessions, right? Adding back running and long cardio sessions. I realized that I love that and I'm not going to quit. Sometimes you just have to go with joy over science. Okay. Yes. Too much cardio increases my stress hormones and inflammation. So I just need to learn to listen to my body, which I do and spend time re- like recovering and recuperating when necessary. Y'all, life is too short to not do what you enjoy. So I need to say this. Earlier, I mentioned that I see people mistakenly start running programs thinking they will lose weight. I want to clarify that, okay? I want to clarify that if you just really, really, really want to be a runner, then awesome, go for it. I just want you to know that you should do what you want, do what you love, okay? But if you are starting a running program just to lose weight, then I think you might be able to think of something better or something different that you may enjoy more. So I just want to leave you with saying that, you know, do what you love and do it often. Okay. I know that we look at science for all the answers and it's amazing, but sometimes we have to go internal. Sometimes we have to look and trust ourselves for what works best for ourselves. Okay. So I hope today helped you. Okay, I, I hope that there was something in this episode that that spoke to you and gave you an idea or or you know made you feel like you could do it. I really love to help people live their happiest version of their life as possible. I know it's possible to be happy, healthy, and fit. It will take a little time to find your groove, and sometimes that groove is gonna change. But all the effort and time working on yourself is absolutely worth it as long as you enjoy process. You guys, thanks for being here today. Don't forget to share this episode if you enjoyed it. And if you haven't already, please consider joining my balanced fit and free lifestyle group on Facebook. The link is in the show notes and I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you for tuning into the balanced fit and free podcast. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And if you are looking for a crew of amazing women who are also seeking a balanced fit and free lifestyle, be sure to join my exclusive community on Facebook. The link is waiting for you in the show notes. 
Until next time, keep your thoughts positive and your coffee hot.